Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I am Lauren. We are your Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News. We do, and it's been a funny old week in news. There's been a little bit around. We've been sniffing and kicking over rocks to get the best news for you all. Well, it has been a bit of a funny week. It's uh, I think the turmoil is coming with the weather. <laughs> I know. It's like Armageddon out there. But um, should I kick off today? I think you can kick off, my friend. Okay. Well, this one is from Shortlist and the Australian Financial Review, and I've read that for the first time in my life. Holy shit, that <laughs> subscription is paying for itself. Isn't it? <laughs> Top Australian graduate employers for 2024. So This fi- is a good read, It actually. really is. Yeah, I know, and I think I sort of stole it off you. We found it you at the did. same time, but I, I bagged it. That's all right. I'm going to let you look smart this week. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> It's fin- very rare that that happens. Very rare. The Fin Review has announced the top graduate employers for 2024. Judged in collaboration with Grad Connection and Chandler McLeod, the award recognised the 100 most popular graduate employees in Australia by industry, including graduate and internship employers. Mm. And it was very bloody interesting. The big- I was very, very interested in this. It's yeah. um, the, who comes who on the top 10 and the top 20 and 30, 40, 50 or whatever. It is quite incredible to see. And it's not who you think it's going to be, no, people. not necessarily. So the big four consulting firms are regulars on the list with EY claiming the top spot this year and KPMG remaining in second. Mm-hmm. And Deloitte, which was first in 2023, went to fifth place. Okay, yeah, that's – but What about – the last one, eh? PWC. PWC. After this Canberra debacle, well, they'd still got a mountain <laughs> of fallout. Where did they come? Last year, last year, they were fourth. This year, they've dropped to 16th after oh. that integrity scandal last year. Oh, my God. Okay. They've got some branding issues over there in yeah. their, in their um, recruitment. And I guess because they did sell that um, tax business. For a dollar. So they wouldn't have needed any grads in there, I guess. But <laughs> I'll quickly give you the top 10 in order. So EY, KPMG, Capgemini, ANZ, Deloitte, Oricon, New South Wales Government, uh, Boston Consulting Group, Westpac and DXC Technology. Well, there you go. There you go. What have you got? Well, I've got one for you here. Now, we all know that we are um, running low on skills in the marketplace out there, but New Zealand seemed to have solved this problem. So Ooh. the headline from HR Director magazine is Australia urged to adopt New Zealand-style reforms to get more pensioners back to work. Bloody great idea. So mm. the Institute of Public Affairs said the high labour petition participation rate amongst pensioners in New Zealand has helped its job vacancy recovery. The case is different in Australia where only 3% of Australian pensioners get to work um, despite surveys showing that 20% of them are willing to go back to work. Wow. And I, before I even got into this article, I knew where it was going. So they, over in New Zealand, they've attributed the situation to the 69% tax rate imposed on pensioners and veterans in Australia. 69%? Yes. So if you're getting a pension, that's the percentage of tax rate you're going to be charged for any money once you reach threshold over and above. How would they afford their childcare? <laughs> So, and this is a, such a huge difference where they're only charging 10.5% in New wow. Zealand. So, they are encouraging pensioners in New Zealand to get out in the workforce and not penalising them. We're in Australia with the wage reforms that we've had of recent. Why has this not been on the bloody radar? 
Yeah. That's a big question. So it goes on to say that one in five Australian businesses are struggling to find workers and they need to grow. And the federal government should implement a New Zealand-style reform so our pensioners, veterans and students can work without facing marginal tax rates, which are cruel incentive. Mm. I absolutely bloody agree on this one. Yeah. I mean, Why are we not doing this? What was it, 60 what percent? 69% tax rate imposed on above the threshold. And in New Zealand it's 10-ish. 10.9. 10.9. So why are we not doing this? Bloody Bunnings could do with some more people, I'm sure of it. Yeah, because yeah. I, why are we not encouraging these people to get I, out and work part-time? That's crazy. And we've got so much knowledge there. Mm. It's mm. a knowledge bank we're not tapping into. I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that tax rate. I knew that they were getting tax a mass amount before it affects their government pension, but this is bloody ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's horrible. That's just rip off. It's not even worth them going in for anything. It's just insane. Uh, look, Australia government, you can do better. Yeah, and look after the elderly. You can yeah. do better. Really yes. can. Hey, I've got one from Reuters. New Australian law will let workers ignore their bosses after hours. Oh, okay. It's a good one too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Australia is set to introduce a right to disconnect law, giving workers the ability to ignore unreasonable calls and messages from employers mm. outside work hours without facing any penalties. The legislation, which is part of proposed changes to the industrial relations laws, aims to protect workers' rights and restore work-life balance with potential fines for employees who break the rules. And it's in response mm. to changes to the way we've begun to work following the pandemic and remote work rules. It's also known as availability creep. So many European countries like France and Germany already have a level of these protections, mm. but I think the devil's going to definitely be in the detail. So I don't know. How Look, do you say... Everyone's wh- talking about this at the moment. Yeah. And there's a, there's a whole entire bloody stream dedicated to this on Reddit of people posting their text messages and all of this. Okay. There's going to have to be – I think that this in the oh, – we're going to do a podcast on this. I'm just going to let you all know. It is on our agenda. We mm, are doing mm. a lot of research into this at the moment and sourcing guests. Now, I think that this is going to be one of those, like, if I'm at KFC on a shift or I've got a weekend off or in those sort of areas where you're going to be around award wages, it's going to definitely be something that's going to creep in. Yeah. Because um, we need need it because sometimes these bosses and managers are ringing you and stupid shit um, at the most inappropriate times and uh, it's not it's not right. You can't do that. Then you've got to look at the flip side of this when you get up into the higher echelons of bigger business and enterprise. We're a country that's really fucking big. Yeah. yeah. So you've got multiple time zones between Sydney, Melbourne, whatever, to Perth. There's three-hour difference here. Sometimes you are going to get that creep purely for a time zone. We are a very isolated country as well, and if we're working for a bigger conglomerate that's global, we are going to have to be out of our time zones and to things like that to get things done. Mm. But what so is that like, there's got to be some flex in this. You can't have a far hard cut off on this. Because if I can't get into my SharePoint at 11.30pm, I've got to ring Bonnie and find out how to do it. Mate, you've never logged into your SharePoint <laughs> once, and I know this because I administer it. You just asked me to screenshot shit and send it to you. So don't give me that crap, mate. But can I do that at 11.30 at night? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my phone goes on silent. But I think that we're going to have to really balance this because you look at things like Shell and these bigger oil companies who are predominantly based in Perth. Yep. yep. These guys are global. Mm. They're going to be on weird-ass calls at the wee hours of the morning sometimes, and that's part of your work life when you get up to a certain level and you choose to live in Australia. Yeah, and I, I guess that um, 
most of this will live inside employment contracts, I guess, where, you know, what, and have the parameters in there. I, I just don't know how they're going to police it because... I think this is really aimed at those enterprise bargaining agreements and at the award wage sectors and things yeah. like that when we're looking at modern awards. That's my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing at the moment, peeps, because no one's really publishing much on this. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I've got one from Nine News. No, you haven't, because I've got one now. Oh, did I just do that? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm just jumping ahead of myself. Fucking hell, white Jesus. man privilege, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm staying in New Zealand this week. Okay. So New Zealand is reopening working holiday scheme, according to HR Director Magazine. So this is going to – the New Zealand government's opening up its doors for workers from over 30 markets. So that's 30 different countries for – the working holiday scheme for 2024 until they hit their caps. So wow. that's 15,000 workers coming from the UK on a working holiday visa this year alone can apply. If the caps have not been filled from 2023, they will remain open until they are filled and the new ones will open up for 24. So there's 30 countries now that can apply for their working holiday visas into New Zealand. So this is a good thing to help boost their economy. They've got skill shortages just like the rest of us and that is a great thing to get that mm. moving. So there's another good news story out of New Zealand. Yeah, it's great. I just hope that they have got their um, housing all sorted because that got us into a lot of trouble they here, haven't. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing horror stories up at the ski fields and things like that, that people are having to live in caravan parks and cars mm. because they cannot afford the Airbnb rental costs and all of that. So a mm. lot of employers are also having to think of ways that they're going to house their yeah. temporary workers. It's very chicken and egg, isn't it? You don't yeah. know what to do first. Um can I go now? You can go now. <laughs> Excellent. From Exercise no- your white male privilege. <laughs> From Nine News and recruiting brain food, thanks to Simon McSorley, finance worker pays out $30 million Australian after a video call with deep fake chief financial officer. Now, you have to bear with me on this one because initially this story doesn't sound like it has ramifications for, in- oh, for recruitment. But, so let me let me just um, give you a little bit of, you know, background here. A finance worker at a multinational firm was tricked into paying out $39 billion to fraudsters using deep fake technology to pose as the company's CFO in a conference call, a video conference call, no doubt, according to Hong Kong police. The elaborate scam saw the worker duped into attending a video call with what he thought with several other members of staff, but all of whom were in fact deep fake recreations. Hong Kong police said at a briefing on Friday, initially the worker suspected it was a phishing email as it talked of the need for a secret transaction to be carried out, but he put aside his doubts after the video call because the other people in attendance had looked and sounded exactly like his colleagues that he recognised. Believing everyone else was on the call was real, the worker agreed to remit a total of 200 million Hong Kong dollars, which is 39 million Australian. So you might think, what the fuck's that got to do with TA, really? Well, it's got a lot. Yeah, think about it. Exactly. Uh, who's turning up for interviews now? I know, Are right? they real? Are they a deep fake? Yep. And, are and the questions being answered by the people or a deep fake straight off the internet? Who the fuck are you hiring? And then when you hire them, what are they doing with when they're inside your company? Are they just in there to get all of your IP? Are they there to scam the company Holy inside? Holy moly. So it's, um, I, I, and I don't know, what what do you do to um, stop that? Oh, this is oh, there's a lot of shit here. We're going to have to break this down. <laughs> I don't know, right? Like, oh, well, okay. Look, I think 
Well, background checks are going to be coming bigger and bigger and bigger, mm, and mm. they're becoming they're going to be coming more extensive. You can see that happening a mile off now. Uh, I just think global regulation as well as local regulation around the use of AI, which is not going to stop a fraudster. We all know that. But at least you're going to have to have some sort of check in there that's going to be able to, I don't know, there's got to be something. Yeah. Like, wasn't there something mm. in the email address or something? We'll, um, I'll get in trouble uh, again off you for this, but we need to come up with an app that um, hunts out deep fake recruitment fakers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, you're sharing your business ideas again, are you? I got all the ones I'll never follow through with. Yeah, exactly. You do that constantly. <laughs> but it just it goes to show that we need regulation and we need it fast. Australia has fuck all, mm. which is, again, another podcast coming up soon. Um, fuck all regulation around anything to is do with we, AI. Is that what we can call it? Australia has fuck all regulation. <laughs> Here you go. We just titled the podcast. Watch this space, people. Watch this space. But anyway, I was doing a bit of uh, a play, a bit of a research this mm-hmm. week, and this is not mm. actually a news story. It's more so we all know that Wajia are publishing the gender pay gap on the twenty seventh of February this year, and it's no longer anonymous. So we will be able to delve into a company's um, gender pay gap. And what's going to be there, what's going to be the big ones with C-suite, without C-suite, a bit more granular. And we'll be asking questions. And this is a podcast coming up as well. Mm. And I just went and got some numbers and I was on um, the World Economic Forum. Now, this came up at Melbourne Recruiter Meetup. Did you know, people, that's 108 years at the status quo to achieve global wage equity in first years. world countries? Wow. Mm-hmm. In underdeveloped oh. countries, it is 257 years Jesus. for wage equity at the current rate. So that's not taking into any unforeseen circumstances or anything that could move things along quicker. But they did have a list of everyone who was um, in from first through to whatever, of the 140-odd countries there. The first three countries, uh, first, second and third, are all Norway, Finland and Sweden. They are doing a fabulous job. The Nordics have got it covered. Fourth is New Zealand. Wow. New Zealand have been publishing their pay gap now for quite some time and similar time to us, but they've been naming theirs for longer than us and they are achieving wage equity quicker than us. Australia on this this little list here, is come in at 26th. Ooh, that's not high enough. But I'll give it this because this, this is for the end of 23. We have moved 17 places since 22. Wow, in one year. In one year. So our, our 77.8% is our wage gap where Norway, which is um, number one in the world, is 87.9. Do, do you think that Australia moves so quickly on the back of the knowledge that Yep. What's coming? I think, in my opinion, it is. Because that's the first stat I've seen to prove that this is actually going to change, move the dial. Yeah, I know. And we haven't – I've been looking for some stats here to see if we're going to get anything around with the naming of companies coming mm. up in a couple of weeks. Is there any projected statistics around this closing that 108-year gap? Let me ask you a and question. I suppose we okay. will find this in coming months. Mm. Let me ask you a question. If you were working in a business – and then when the uh, Wajia report came out and you found out that the business you were working in had a massive gender pay gap, mm-hmm. 
would that be enough or at least a factor for you to go and look to work elsewhere? De- couple of factors in that. Do I like the job and the company I'm yep, working yep. for? Okay. If I love my job and the company I'm working for, they will fucking know I work there. Hmm. The noise I would make around not earning the same as a man doing the same job would be absolutely huge. Yeah. And I'd like to know why. Hmm. If you as an employer are not preparing your staff now for this, you are going to start on the back foot in a couple yeah. of weeks' time because how do you sell as a, a TA person out there to somebody who's going to be looking this up? Yep. This yep. is public knowledge now. It's available to everyone. Okay, so you've got a 66% difference between the way you pay your men and your women or a 40% difference and 10%. Why? What are you doing to change that? Yeah. How are your TA people selling this? You are going to have a shit zone branding problem if you are not tackling this now and putting your staff ahead of the game in two weeks' time. But again, as I said, it's going to be a podcast. And how do we get our hands on the report when it comes out? Will it just be on a It will be website on the website. Or, yep. It is going to be released. Um, I do know that Nat Flynn from Equity is uh, going to be – going granular on this data and releasing some stuff herself. So I think you're going to see a lot of different things. And like I know someone like Nat will be able to, we are going to be speaking to her in the next coming weeks and we are actually speaking to someone from Wajia yep, to talk beautiful. about this for International Women's Day. So this is going to be a big thing uh, on our agenda. It is it's it's going to be eye-opening. It will. It definitely Really will. eye-opening. So events. Events. Do you want to go first or me? I've got two. Have you, how many oh, you got? I've got a few actually. Not uh, a few. Well, I'll go first okay, then. Okay, go then. Okay, so I've got – firstly, I'm going to tick off the the meetup. So Auckland have got to save the date for the 29th of Feb and Sydney Rec Meetup have also got one on the 29th of Feb. So jump onto the meetup website and have a look at those and register your interest. But I'll let you go with yours. Okay, I've got two. First one is Indeed Future Works. You may have <gasps> noticed – So excited. Yeah, we released a special podcast a couple of days ago and on that it has a link or an email address that you can send 25 words or less to see how you can pick up two free tickets. So please, I can tell you it is marketing underscore Australia at, at indeed.com is the website. Yeah. It is on Thursday, 22nd of Feb, which is next week. Um, and it is going to be the hottest ticket. I can't account, wait. I we yeah. are, we're going to be there with bells on. We're turning up in Melbourne. It's going to be a great afternoon of a lot of learnings. Our friends at Indeed do a fucking great job. And if you are there, just be prepared that we may shove a video camera in your face <laughs> or a microphone at some Both. stage. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, do you want me to do my last one? Okay. Also on the 22nd of Feb in Melbourne, Crew Talent Advisory are holding the Melbourne Talent Leaders Roundtable. Um, the sort of key themes I'll be discussing are what challenges are TA teams facing right now, how they'll navigate these in the coming year, what did 2023 teach us and what can we use this year, how do TA teams deliver their best work in an uncertain market. Now, the way to get your ticket is to actually jump on Simon McSorley's LinkedIn profile and follow his post from there. Um, so get Simon on that Rudd's one. Simon a good one, actually. Oh, really He's good. He's very, very intelligent. He's got his fingers in pies. Intelligent. Here. Gee, you'd love to hear that. I know. <laughs> I know. But now, I've got one. So our fabulous friends, Steve Gard and Natalie Flynn, are putting on a breakfast roadshow in March. And Ooh. they are they've they're racking up the frequent flyer miles, these two. I'll give it to them. Yeah. So they are doing breakfast roadshows in Brisbane, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, and Adelaide. Uh, more places than Taylor Swift. 
Pretty much, I think they're just going to be they're going to be Swifties following along, and they are doing going to be celebrating the achievements of women and what we're doing. So they're not turning it into just a day; it's going to be a whole bloody month of celebrating us and closing the pay gender pay gap. So we've got the Circle Back Initiative, Benchmarks, and Equity all doing that and hosting some fabulous breakfast. So jump on the. Benchmark website, the Circleback website, or the Equity website, or on either Nat's or Steve's LinkedIn profile, and you will be able to register to go to breakfast and chat all things gender pay gap. And they're both, both very intelligent people too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they'll be really, really good. So you've got five major cities there, and if these are a success, I have no doubt that they'll be going to a few more, like Wollongong. No, oh. I'm thinking they're, they're putting their feelers out for a bit of NZ travel and Tassie. Hey, look out. And Tassie. Um, so I, I think that you might – you never know where they'll turn up next, but I think that that's definitely going to be something considering this topic is so much on everyone's lips at the moment. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, is that it from us this week? I think that is it from us this week, sitting in our new office with our new studio, looking that's out at the lovely. fabulous view we have. Yeah, it's great. So on that note, it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me, everybody. 